Back again, another Friday night. What's up, what's up, what's up? In the box, took off a week, man, new season starting off. What's up with you, D-Ray? Maintain it, maintain it, black man. How about yourself? Hey, man, chilling, bro. Uh, another Friday, man. It was, it was a short week this week, man. You know, did it do? We go by fast or slow to you, man. It went by fast, man. It was a lot. It seemed like a lot happened and a lot was, I was very busy. So, yeah, it just kind of flew by. I'm looking forward to slowing it down this weekend. Well, we got a great show, man, playing ahead for you, man, in the box. We got Von Frazier, man, back, you know, back, back here. He going to be ready, man. We're going to come back right after this break. Fundamentals and build the blocks. Turn to advice when I'm in that spot. And I got questions, and that's a lot. Perfect time to hear from Rico in the box. All right, man. Man. All right. That is still the dopest theme in the history of podcasts. <laughs> hey bro, we hey we go we go we gonna definitely gonna get it in. Uh we glad you guys man join us again another Friday man and in the box man we got a great show for you. First man we gonna kinda kinda a little housekeeping. Wanna say shout out man to Jay Latrina man our casting director producer man in the box. Uh you probably man she you know she's our she's our, our person man and she kinda set up the show. She does a lot of things on the show. We got a great we got a lot of great things coming to you. Uh, for this winter session, man. Got a lot of great things as well. Um, and I also want to send a shout out, man, to Demi Day. Demi Day. Also, man, artist that she's managed by D-Ray. Talk about your artist there, bro. Yo, 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 Demi Day. She has a new mixtape and a new video that's going to be dropping in a couple of weeks. Uh, be sure to follow her on Demi Day Official on all of your social media platforms. Uh, be prepared to be amazed. And uh, shout out to my homie, man, called Deuce, man. Always Deuce. there. Go check it out. Deuce Ducks. Deuce. You know, man, you know, we never go uh, rep no artists over here, man, that don't have no skill set, man. <laughs> Believe that. Like, you know, we, we, don't, we don't believe in just to go along and, and then the pat on the back, man. You know, mm -hmm. we want to we up the standard, man. Absolutely. The way. And then shout out to mother homie, Big Phil. Big we Phil. Got quarantine dreams. Quarantine dreams is dope. If you have not heard it already, um, and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as well. And then at the same time, man, if you haven't had an opportunity to watch any of our shows, you can actually go to Roku and Amazon Fire Stick. This is gonna be the pick on both platforms. You know, if you want to see some previous shows, you can feel free, man, to go to Amazon Roku. We on there as well. And then two. If you're interested, man, in getting your song mixed, man, you know, I mix your song, man, $8.50 per stem, right? Keep it affordable for you, man. And, um, you know, if you're looking for, if you're looking for some song, you're looking for uh, that professional sound, man, I definitely can help you as well, man. And then master, man, at $10, two hour turnaround time, if you get it to the same day, uh, get you dope as well, man. And then, uh, man, we got two. I want to talk about Cyberpunk. Ah. Dropping November the 19th. D-Ray, what you think about that, bro? Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, you know, being a gamer, um, I, I I'm curious, is is this gonna be just for the for the new systems? Is it gonna be back, you know, because you know, I got a I I, I got a, I guess in the game in the world of gaming, I got a little jalopy there. My a little Xbox One. Mm 
So you know, you know, Man, I, 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 we mine, all mine got some duct tape on it. So I'm hoping. Uh, <laughs> 27 7 stick. I think you're gonna be able to play on the Xbox One. Man. I dope, think, dope. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be enhanced if you have the Xbox X. I presume, obviously, it's, it's new that's dropping, and also Watch Dogs Legion dropping mm-hmm. October 29th. Now I played I I played Watch Dogs Legion one, and it, you know it wasn't really that fun, man. It was all right, man. It wasn't you right. know. Not nothing that I, I say I remember, man. But mm-hmm. without further ado, man, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna bring in Von Fraser, man. What's happening, bro? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? How you brothers Von, doing? Von Fraser, aka yes, Von Rick. Yes, sir. I, I, I see that Jamaican. I see that Jamaican flag up in the back there. But y'all got, y'all got some hey. curry goat up in there, bro. Hey, hey. hey. You know, you know, got to represent, man. What you want? <laughs> you already know. Hey, man. Listen. Long time coming. Glad to have you on the show, man. Uh, Von Von Fraser, man. We gonna we we definitely, man. You know, just 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 tell us a little bit about yourself, man. For those that may not even know who Von Fraser is. <clears throat> yeah, um, I formerly went by Javon McKenzie, which is my first and middle name. And uh, yeah, man, just just uh, just a rapper, uh, just passionate about the black community, uh, passionate about you know. Uh, just bringing change in the world, you know what I'm saying? Having a good time. Y'all know I'm, I'm those who know me, I'm, I'm very funny. But really, just overall, man, I'm a rapper. That's what I do. That's what I wake up to do is, is live to make music, live to listen to music, and uh, just try to do it as best as I can, man. That's what's up, bro. I know definitely, man, if you guys don't know, know of Von Frazier, man. He's one of, like, my number one go-to artist. Uh, that I partnered with, man. We've done a couple albums together, and we actually also, man, did Crooked Ten, right? If you haven't had an opportunity to check out Crooked Ten, this album, uh, really, man, we did this album in 2017, but this album really uh, was ahead of its time. I think it was like four years ahead of itself. And I think if you go back and you listen to uh, Crooked Ten now, it really speaks, man, to the time that we in. If you want to check it out, you can listen to it free. Uh, you go right there to ricogibson.bandcamp.com. You can check it out, man. Uh, there you can check out my production, man, my mixing and master. I produced the album, my mixing master. I recorded it. Javon wrote to it, did everything. We got a we got special guest appearance by Big Phil. Who was with and, and oh, I forgot. It was narrated by Show Barack. Mm-hmm. That's right. Shout out to the homie show. What's yeah, up, show? To the homie, yeah, that, man. that album, uh, you want me to speak on it? Yeah, yeah, speak on it, man. Speak on the album, bro. Yeah, man. I remember <clears throat> I remember uh just just making that album and um the, the biggest inspiration was when, when they look at the cover, there's a there's a child on there, uh Aiden McClendon. Uh he was um actually uh murdered here in Jacksonville, um straight bullet. Uh the killer was looking, you know, was trying to shoot another family member and ended up hitting him. Um I think he got hit by more than one bullet and they ended up, you know, he ended up dying. I believe it was the next day. So um, I know his auntie and um, his grandma and them and so a little bit, but I've been knowing his auntie for years. Um, and so, yeah, man, that just really hit me hard. And uh, I just really wanted to do something that would dedicate and just always try to keep his memory alive. You know what I'm saying? Especially now that I have a son. Um, it hits me even harder now than when I did the album. You know what I'm saying? So that was mm-hmm. that was pretty tough, man. And so, you know, when I when I do music, I always try to represent and, and let people know, you know, we know about the Trayvons and the Mike Browns and everybody, which we never want to forget. But I also want to let people know, even from the hands of black on black violence, 
that those are victims too and that they're not forgotten either. You know what I'm saying? So I try to keep his name alive through the music and whatnot. You know, we did a song, man, called Older A, man, but I want to talk about this album cover real because you got you got a lot of stuff happening in the album cover, dude. Like, right. talk talk about, you know, Duval County Bangle, you know. Right. Why, why do they call it the Bangle here, bro? For people that don't know what the Bangle is. Because we, oh, we, we all over the world. Hey, yeah. man, it's, it's, it's real out here, man. You know, you, you go to the West Coast, of course, where I'm originally from. You got the Bloods and Crips. You got, you got heavy gang violence. And out here, man, it's more like... I mean, you have turfs and stuff, but a lot of it's just every man for himself. You know, man, every every man is their own gang and, and you run into the wrong side of town or the wrong person. And it, I mean, a lot of artists even know coming from other cities from Miami, you know, uh, Tampa, different stuff. Duval is very serious when it comes to repping their turf, man. And so it's a lot of violence, um, a lot of black and black violence, JSO, the police. They're terrible as far as their policing and things like that, man. So you have you get it from both sides, man. So that's why it's to bang them down here. It's, it's 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 a war zone for real. I mean, and, and what what do you think is is a, a part of the, part of the black on black problem? You know, I know we got because as a black man, you know, we I always say all the time, man, we have two. We're fighting two wars. Like we right. we we fight we fight against white supremacy, right. but we also fight against other blacks that hate blacks, man. You know, right. Right. like like. And, and and that's the that's the deal. But in your in your own perspective, man, what what do you think? We know where the white supremacy. We yeah. understand that, but right. you know, it, let's talk about man the, the the black you know the black violence on you know is it because I hear arguments oh you know there is no black on black because obviously there's white on white crime right right but right. what but what is it that make us hate? Is I know it's I know it's evil, right? We talk right. about that, you know what I'm saying? Right. But that's the cliche, your, right? <laughs> that's the, that's, but talk about it. What what makes that happen, bro? So we got to come in here already. Yeah. Um. Well, first, I think, hit, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, it's like a quarter. You know, you have heads and tails, like a coin. You know, you have the heads on one side, tails on one side. So you have on one spectrum there's white supremacy, and on the other spectrum there's what we do to each other. And so I always try to when I talk about these these conversations, they're very nuanced, but I always try to focus on making sure that I talk about both sides, you know, because it's not all black on black. And of course, we know that is just a term that um, a lot of whites use to 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 kind of deflect from what they do to their own community and what what they do to our community. So really, it's just proximity. So because you have blacks uh, in, in neighborhoods with other blacks, that's the, those are the crimes that are being committed. You have people in Jacksonville that never left the east side. You got people that's never left the north side. You got people that's never left Jacksonville. So, and you have that around the world. Everybody doesn't get to travel. Everybody's never been on, a, you know, there's a lot of people that haven't been on planes, buses, stuff like that, right? So anyway, from the black on black side or from what we do to ourselves um, in-house, you know, of course, like I said, the white supremacy, but but to bring it a little deeper, um, there, there's always been, even historically, even when racism and stuff was going on, there's always been, uh, there's there's been a need for um, one of them is white affirmation. And I always tell people the biggest drug to hit the black community was not crack cocaine. It's white affirmation. You know what I'm saying? So as as bad as as as, as, as drugs but, but are, stop. I, but, not not white 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 affirmation. I want you to talk about white affirmation. Talk, okay, talk about so, it. So basically, the need to feel like you need to be accepted by white people um, to the point to where you're willing to do anything, or to the point where you feel validated. Right. So if Rico 
uh, or D-Ray, whoever tells me that I'm dope, then oh, it's like, oh, okay, cool. But if a white man tells me the same thing, it's like now my ears are open or now I'm ready to, now I feel validated um, where I could be a, a black lawyer. But if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a black lawyer on the white firm, then I feel like, you know, I feel like that token that like, oh my goodness, they really accepted me. Right. You see that in a lot of churches, you see that in a lot of organizations. And so the white affirmation of just needing to be accepted to the point where it's detrimental to you and it's detrimental to your community. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked. We all, to a certain extent, have that. But when it goes to, look, you look at Martin Luther King, uh, you look at Malcolm X, you look at people in their camps, there's always been somebody Black that was willing to dime somebody out, whether that was for money, whether that was just for the purpose of saying, you know, the government or Uncle Sam looking at them different. You've always seen that in what we typically know as the house Negro, right? You had the slaves in the field, that were working and then you had the house negro that felt like he wasn't a slave because he was sleeping in the master's house he was a slave too but he just had better treatment so he would keep watch over the slaves he would snitch you know <laughs> you know now, wait a minute no no stay right there for a second right that's 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 sound like a fantasy but it don't even sound like that's true bro like that <laughs> is that is that a part of history bro is that really true, bro? I, I is wish that, it was. is that really is that really a thing bro because it sounds like you just it sounds like you just made that up Hey, I, I, wish, just made that up. I wish it was the HBO Max special, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Or a Netflix uh, thing that I could binge. But yeah, it's definitely true. Um, you know, blacks coming from, you know, going back to the slave days, um, you know, and, and, and enduring what we did. And so you had what the what the master did was they separated father from the home. You know, they, they broke up the home early and then that became the tradition. And so you had a lot of times was you had the black mother who was, you know, whether she slept with the, with the master or did whatever to keep her child safe. And then you had the father who would be out in the field all the time where he couldn't be a father or he would be sent to another plantation. And so this started to go down through what we call black trauma or, or trauma, uh, where the woman would be in the home, single parent, that kind of set the foundation, you know what I'm saying? And so even with all that, blacks were still able to persevere uh, and then and we were still a tight knit community after slavery, after all that type of stuff, even through the Jim Crow era. And then once the, the, the war on drugs and crack cocaine and stuff hit our communities, that's when you saw like the paradigm shift. That's when you saw like the major setback where it's like, not only are we being systematically oppressed, but now we're being systematically oppressed and we don't have unity. And that's probably, I think that's the biggest difference now, why you're seeing what you're seeing. Cause in the sixties, you didn't see, yes, you had fights and you had blacks that would, you know, every now and then would kill blacks but it wasn't a war zone where you just saw the clear hatred you know what i'm saying and now because of that lack of unity and that in that and 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 blacks feeling like even in jacksonville i use jacksonville specifically there's such a crab in the bucket mentality basically every man is for themselves not willing to pull their brother up not willing to love their brother or walk alongside their neighbor everybody's trying to be i gotta be the man i gotta make it out of jackson i gotta put jackson on a map to the detriment of their community you know what i'm saying so you got crabs in a the bucket they all trying to pull each other down to get out and so nobody gets out so so this is i want to ask you this question music wise we know i've, I've heard the term and and i and i believe it but I want to hear your perspective on music being weaponized. You know, um, do you do do you think that's far fetched, or do you think that's you know that's a real thing? And and if right. you think it's a real thing, talk a little bit about uh, how music is being weaponized against the urban community. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, um, 
another nuanced question. Um, I definitely think that uh, music can and has been wep is being weaponized. Um, I think two sayings are true, both are true, that life imitates art, art imitates life, right? So there is that perspective that where the rappers today are imitating what they see in reality, right? But there's also a sense in where you have a lot of these kids, I think even Juice World said it to where he, uh, you know, he started uh, doing drugs and stuff because he heard future songs um, and stuff like that. And so I do think there's a double uh, entendre in a sense, there's a double influence, a double negative to where life is imitating art, art is imitating life. And so with that, with that, you have these record execs and you have different people at the top who they don't necessarily care about you or me or our skin color, or whatever. They care about the green, which is the mighty dollar. Right. Um, and so because of that, they're willing to sign any artist who's willing to, you know, to promote selling drugs, to promote uh, women degrading, especially black women, degrading women, uh, disobeying your parents, whatever it is that, that they're promoting that's negative, that's detrimental to our community, they're willing to promote that because that doesn't get people thinking, that doesn't get people to unify and say, hey, how can we bring change? That's not a threat, basically. What I always tell people is that when you look at a lot of these artists and even people in Hollywood, they're not necessarily threats. And the black community as a whole is not necessarily a threat to the higher powers. And so because they're not a threat, and because everybody, again, that crab in the bucket mentality and that mentality of like, I just want to make money, right? Because you think about right. it, when when right. when when we see Trayvon Martin or somebody get gunned down, you know, D-Ray, Rico, y'all can testify, we feel like that could have been our son or our brother right. or whatever, right? Because there's right. a sense of there's, even though with all the stuff going on, there's still somewhat of a sense of unity because that's how we were bred, the black community. When something happens to somebody white, it's always individualized. They don't see it as a holistic, you know what I'm saying? When somebody white shoots up a movie theater, even though it happens so often that, you know, you see mass shootings, they don't look at it as like, this is white, this is a white thing, this is whiteness, this is from the white community. But when somebody black does something for whatever reason, it always represents our entire community, right? So to go back to the music, it's the same thing. When you have people who are who are just trying to make it out and they've been under, they've been disenfranchised, they've been, they've been marginalized or oppressed to, to one degree or another, whether it be by police, the system, et cetera, and then they get a little money, well, they want to wild out. And so you have, I think it was Kendra Lamar who said it on, uh, what was that, To Pimp a Butterfly? Where he was talking about Lucy, which represented, represented Lucifer, the devil, right? And then you had where on the first track, he was talking about like where he was Uncle Sam, and he was basically saying, you know, get your money, you go go to the mall, spend it all, you know, stuff like that. Right, basically right, saying right. like, yo, I, I can, you, you can do all this stuff. Like, man, I have you tap dancing, man, I'll put you in front of the world, almost like what Satan did with Christ. You know, I'll right. show you the world, the kingdoms of the world, and hey, you could have a man just serve me. And so that's how I feel like the industry uses a lot of blacks. It's like up there. and you will see that wow, well, they don't really think much of black women, you know, according to the music. Um, so there is that so, level of weaponizing. So I, I want to ask you this question. And you know, there's been a lot of talk. I know at one one point, man, you was in the reforms. I met you back 2000, 2008, right? And I remember you coming. You met I had me a, before the internet, bro. I, way before, before, before the internet, internet bro. Man. <laughs> and I remember, I remember when IV man brought you into my studio, I had a, a big studio off of Beach Boulevard, right. and you come through, man, and 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 this cat man spitting. You know, I've seen a a, a huge transformation. The, the, the thing is, man, you know, from one perspective, they're brethren because that's, that's brothers that know you, don't know you. Right. You know, 
But we see a lot of issues in the church when it comes to white evangelicals. And and even even with us, even in black blacks in the church, we don't like to kind of talk about the truth. We run from it. We deflect from it. Why? Because when you cut on the news, you see all these things happen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you any part if you're living in life, you see situations that people have. Why is it that we in the church, man, we're afraid to talk about? You know, if it's a real situation, man, we, we go to scripture, but we don't want to acknowledge the situation. But yet, when we put gas in our car, we don't pray to put if we don't pray and put spiritual gas in the car. <laughs> We, we physically take a gas pump and we physically have to take that pump off the, take that nozzle off the pump after we unscrew our door or, 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 or the top of the, the pump. And we physically have to take this pump and put it in there. But right. we're acknowledging that we're pumping an actual tangible item in that pump. But when it comes to problems and dealing with solutions, but before you can get a solution, let's talk about why it's an issue that we can't talk about in the church and how the, how is it affecting the community? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of it goes back to, um, just conditioning, you know, like I was saying, even whether it be white affirmation, you also have in religious circles where on the one hand they talk about transparency, but they don't actually believe that just like they talk about, we need to reach lost people or whatever you want to call them sinners, people that are without outside the four walls. They say that, but then when you bring those type of people in, then there's the funny looks, there's the stares, there's the gossip, there's things like that. Right. So it's almost like they want to have something that looks tangible or feels tangible without actually having the reality. I think there's a verse in the scripture where it talks about always learning, but, but denying the power or having a form of godliness, but denying his power. Right. And so you have people, you have a, 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 a mass segment of society, especially here in the States with Western uh, Christianity and things like that, where everybody is about wanting to put on that mask, you know, not keeping it real to the point where it's like, because if you keep it real, they say that, but then they use that against you. You know, next thing you know, they're kicking you out of they're gossiping about you. You know, they, they, they using prayer to, to, to spread your business, you know, whatever it is. Right. So when it comes to these issues, they want to be able to uh, the matrix, they want to be able to stay in the matrix for any, uh, for any of us that saw that movie. You remember with Neo where he w- he thought he was in reality and he ended up, you know, he was asking Lawrence Fishburne, like, yo, like, why did my eyes hurt? He said, because you never used them before. And I remember the one guy he killed. I forgot who it was, but the, uh, the white guy in there, he knew that he was in the matrix, but and he knew the food was fake, but he would rather stay in the matrix and continue living a lie than to actually face the truth because the truth was more uh, was more uh, fearful. He was more fearful of the truth than of the false reality that he was in. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think a lot of people in society, in 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 religion, in these churches today, they are afraid of the truth. So for example, when you talk about racism, like if we really break down what racism is, it's a lot. It's much more deeper than just somebody trying to burn your house down or trying to burn a cross down or, or, or throw rocks in your window or you nigga this or whatever like that. It's, it's, it's so much deeper than that. Right. So right. one of the ways right. that they convinced us after the civil rights era and we were able to vote and things like that, one of the ways that a lot of these churches and, and society and even our community was able to convince us that these things went away is because they used the easy, the easily identif- uh, identifiable things like, you know, 
trying to kill you, uh, trying to stop you from voting, different things like that. And so they looked at society and said, look, remember, you couldn't you couldn't eat at the at this restaurant. Now you can. You couldn't sit in the front of the bus. Now you can. You know, you couldn't drink out of this white water fountain. Now you can. And they took that as progress. They took that as equality. When in the reality, if you look at history, there's always been when when you think you're taking two steps forward, you're really taking three steps backwards. You know what I'm saying? There's always been this facade. And so the government and the powers that be and, and the people that are running things, they they have a way about them. They know how to give you these breadcrumbs to make you feel like it's a victory. They know how to allow you. They'll allow you to win a battle because for them, it's about the war. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, hey, we'll keep winning the war. We'll throw you a bone every now and then. Hey, we'll give you a black president. You know what I'm saying? It will let you re you'll really you'll really be comfortable now. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all feel like y'all came so far. But when you look at the policies, still police killing us, all type of stuff, unfair trials. Right. So going back to the church, I think there's a level of what I call it is intellectual uh, lack of intellectual integrity. And what I mean by that is when you have a lot of these people that are not believers, that are not believing in God, whether they be agnostic, atheists, et cetera. A lot of times they bring up realistic, real concerns or real issues that uh when they say why do you believe this why does god do this and instead of the the believer or whoever saying you know what you're right or instead of instead of them giving a, a good answer they want to go back to either cliches or they want to live in this false reality right so they don't want to acknowledge like you know what you have a point like hey man this is this does kind of when i'm reading the bible hey man this does kind of seem jacked up right so i always tell people and this is if y'all don't know anything else or hear anything else and I hear this, I always tell people just because I believe in God doesn't mean I agree with God. You know what I'm saying? So I always tell people I always I always believe in God. I don't always agree with God and me. My disagreement with God does not make God wrong. It doesn't make me right. It just means I don't under, I don't I either don't understand or I just don't agree. You know what I'm saying? When you look at the plight of blacks um, in America. I, I ask people, I'm like, yo, where's God? Like, I don't, I don't like, yo, this is happening. Like, yo, what kind of, what kind of, this is a really sick world. You know what I'm saying? And of course we can go back to, we could talk about sin and all that stuff. I get it. Two plus two is four. It still don't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's a thing that I have to wrestle with, but it doesn't mean that my faith in God is, 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 is gone. But when you have people question that, people don't want to deal with those realities. So they either have to hit them with cliches or they have to ignore it and say, well, yeah, man, you're just, you just, that's, that's, that's just that evil in you. You know, you know, you need that demon cast out of, you know, like almost like what's right. that movie exorcist right. you need, you need, you know, so you're denying the reality of what's going on. So like you said, so they don't want to talk about real issues. They don't want to talk about sex. They don't want to talk about um, um, uh, the gang violence. They don't want to talk about police violence. They don't want to talk about systemic oppression because then that makes somebody responsible. And if somebody's responsible, then they have an obligation to change you know what I'm saying? And those people who benefit from that privilege, they don't want to change. They don't want to have uh, 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 one brother said to the uh, to the um, to the the privilege, even equality is feels like oppression. Right. I'm going to say that again. He said to the I think it was B.J. Thompson. He said to the privilege, equality feels like oppression. So when you talk about black rights and black rights and you have white folks, that's like, bro, like chill out with that like you know what i'm saying like whoa well don't you want us to be equal it's like no really our equality is basically taken away from their their reign or their dominance and they don't want that you know what i'm saying so a lot of churches to keep the camaraderie the quote unquote the false unity they have to ignore these issues don't talk about race 
we don't see color here. You know, all the all the cliches, you know, we just try to focus on God. Jesus didn't see color, even though he created all the different colors and, 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 and you know what I'm saying? All the time like that, even no, though he no, himself no. is a person of color. But no. you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Chris just said something. Chris jumped in. Chris said, okay, the disagreement is not with God. It is with the people who mis misrepresent God. Okay. Right. Now, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of morph everything that you just said. Right. And I want to say as in musically, is there, is there a responsibility musically? Now, the argument is, you know, in mainstream, there's a responsibility. Right. You know, in the church, we say that's a, a, a responsibility, man, to share the gospel. Because I hear arguments that right. even people in the church they don't want to talk about real things. Right. But when, but if you if you try to if you if you take theology and you put it into a record, and you've done great at that because we did all hell and we we did some stuff, right. some some dope records. Right. You know, but when people don't know what the word of God means, they don't, right. you know, they don't they don't understand what it means. Right. Do you think? Talking about real life issues on record, truthfully, is a solution. And and what what you know what about the people that say it's not a solution? What's right. your perspective on that? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I definitely think that there is a responsibility that every artist has, regardless of what you believe. Um, number one, I think that there is a certain level of, as an artist, there is a certain level of, of freedom of expression creativity and things like that right so every artist is going to their worldview is going to come out right so when you have an artist that says you know i, I rap about killing black men for a living but in, in person i really don't believe in that stuff right well right. he's showing you what type of he's showing you his character right his character so even though he may not necessarily he may not be about that life where he's trying to kill somebody in real life that's still what's in him that's 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 what's birthed in him and that's what he feels like it's okay to get money just like you have the dope dealer that feels like hey i can poison my community because at the end of the day man i'm trying to feed my family right it's basically the right. same thing and so everybody has a certain level of responsibility especially depending on their worldview so if their worldview is that of well shoot it's just entertainment, you know, I'm just making, I'm just, I'm just, you know, having fun. They always say that, but then when somebody, you know, Pookie or Ray Ray get killed, then we want to talk about stop the violence. So where was that? Right. Where was that before? So if your music right. is just music, you right. know, don't be talking about that now. Like just, just make music. Right. So I right. believe that um, everybody has a responsibility. I think that when it comes down to religious uh, uh, undertones or overtones and things like that, I think the main thing really what it comes down into music, and this is why I kind of made my shift was at the end of the day, whether you're being explicit or direct, what does your art reflect and represent? Is your art something that we can look at and say this uplifted society, this uplifted, especially if you're black, did this, did this further our community or did it pull us back? Because really there is no neutrality. I don't care what you believe whether you believe in God or not, there is no neutrality. So either you're pushing for something or you're pushing for something else. You know what I'm saying? So you're either putting us in a positive direction or you're putting us in a negative direction. You know what I'm saying? Is your music, for example, what black women always bring up, does your music make, and obviously, yes, we're all grown men and women. We know children and teenagers watch too, but even for us grown folks, we all have decisions to make 
and me listening to a Tupac record is not an excuse for me to go out and, 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 and you know what I'm saying? Right, and, and right, knock somebody right. over the head, but at the same time, right. these are levels of influences. And a lot of us been listening to this music since we were, since we were children, right? But with that being said, is that music, is it something that's pushing me forward to do greater things in life or is it pushing me to do less? And so I always, I always use this example, Boys in the Hood, right? If you want to talk about a movie that is full of violence, full of profanity, full of uh, a lot of things that you could say are wrong in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And with all that being said, there's nothing in the movie that glorifies mm -hmm. violence. It's not a movie. It's, it's, it's a very positive movie but it's a very negative, it shows a very yes. negative light on things that are negative. Right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it does, you don't leave the movie like, man, I want to get shot like, oh boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, but man, you I know, I know a lot of people in the church, man, I've seen that movie and mm -hmm. they say they never, they say they never seen that movie. Mm -hmm. See that, this, this is the thing, this is the <laughs> thing, this is the thing, right? How can we, because I think that we're not effective. Now we're not effective in the church. Right. Um, obviously, you know, there's a tide that's been, that's rolling right now across the land, right? And it's, it's a big divide. And I, I was, I was waking up, I was up today and something just kind of hit me. Right. And I was, and I was saying to myself, man, you know, here we are as, as a black people, we've been through a lot of things as a people, right. but I also know that we have a lot of white supporters that right. support the black movement right. that if that if because I, I start looking at the percentages because every white person man don't hate us right right, right. There, there's a there's a there's a uh, 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 I would say the, the power the people that have the influence of the country right mm. but I but but there's but there's a, a large group of people that if, if something went down I, I know there's a lot of white people man that are support because they're right. in every movement with Martin Luther with, with our, our Malcolm X was the king that was mm -hmm. white people that died with him on the front Fast. line so in a century too. we we not by ourselves even the slave right. masters a lot right. of the slave masters didn't treat their slaves like the, the white supremacists right. did right they didn't even whoop their slaves maybe right. when somebody came around they, they, because they didn't want nobody to know but my 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 question that I wanna and I'm kind of prefacing the, the the say what I'm about to say. Right. How can we become unified, right? And acknowledge the truth, right? Instead of running from the truth. Right. And how can we as as believers, because arguably somebody will say, well, you know, because because now you don't talk about Jesus in every record. Mm. That you no longer love Jesus, mm. right? And I, I like the fact that you said uh, a few minutes ago was that you know you're not understanding. You 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 believe that Jesus is real, but you may not agree. There are times in our life, man, when we have to do stuff where we really just don't want to do it, right? But we have to do it. God mandated, you know. Right. He closed every other door, and we got to walk through this door, and we right. may not even understand why we got to walk through it. And I think. That is a very transparent statement. I can't just make that lie yeah. and not say because there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, man, that don't really understand what you just said. It's like I right. believe, but I don't. I don't uh, agree. Right. And if they sit here and say they agree with everything, they'll be telling a lie. Because right. sometimes, man, it means <laughs> you you gotta love somebody when you telling somebody, man, they'll slap you in your face. You turn the other cheek. Yeah, you be like, man, 
Try Jesus. Don't try me. Right. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> my, my, right. my, point, my point that I'm making, though, is that's being that's humanity. Right. That's a person wrapped in humanity. And I think what we've gotten from in the church, we've gotten from the truth of our humanity. We pretend like we're superheroes. And I know personally, I've been trying to, to be better. I've been trying to treat people better. You know, just because somebody's different than me, you know, now I'm going to control my space. I'm Rico. It's Rico all day long, right? But I have to understand and some people that everybody's not like me. Everybody don't think like me. How can we? How can we build the body up, and how can we build a world up? You know, without having to be cliquish and alienating people, is that even possible, or is that a forever divide? <clears throat> yeah. Um, another really good question. Um, I think uh, goes back to what you said: uh, truth. Uh, and that's the thing that, you know, you know, even Mike, the late great, you know, the greatest ever, uh, Michael Jackson, <laughs> you know what he said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Right. So there has to be a certain level of personal uh, reflection and personal self accountability first. Right. Self governing of telling the truth to yourself and then allowing that to spew outward. So I think a lot of times, even when you look at the black and white divide. Right. A lot of times white folks get offended because when you talk about racism, they think that you're saying that, well, this white person is a terrible person. And what they're not realizing is like, yo, you benefit from a system. Nobody's saying you did it, but truth calls us to reflect. To, to you in honest. general, you right, in right, general. Right, I'll give, a, I'll give mm -hmm. a, a great example in my opinion, right? So mm -hmm. let's say, uh, cause I got family, my family is from the Bahamas, right? So let's say, cause I, I got, got people that own property in Nassau, tons of family that I've never even met before, right? So let's just say they had a history, hundreds of years, they've, they've tortured people, they've ruined lives, they've raped men and women, you know, abused children. They did whatever, whatever evil you can think under the sun, right? I'm not going to come out and be like, man, y'all tripping, man. Like, you know, I ain't do that. Why y'all mad? I'm going to be like, man, hey, listen. Hey, don't hold me accountable, man. Them jokers crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, hey, man, I got this inheritance, man. I inherited this money and I want to do good in the world, man. I apologize. I would I would be so apologetic. Yes, I didn't do it, but I still feel a sense of responsibility because this is my lineage. This is where I came from. This is my I'm a benefactor of this nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Of this, 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 uh this, this inhumanity that has happened inhumane things that have happened to humans right so there's a certain level of accountability uh even in the business world when you take over a business you know you take over the debt too you know if you inherit a business they don't say well hey man you didn't you you wasn't here for the 50 years that we was irresponsible man so we ain't gonna hold you accountable to this debt like no nah, homie this debt is yours too you know what i'm saying the the name the you know the the logo the buildings, all that stuff, the debt is yours too. And so there has to be a certain level of accountability to where it's like, we're not saying that all white people are et cetera. What we're saying is like, I think Rico, you said it earlier, it's the powers that be. And it's a small, it's a small uh, uh, percentage, but they have all the power, they have all the wealth. And so because of that, there has to be a certain level of honesty, not only that, but even when it comes to, uh, to, 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 to blacks, I think that uh, Martin Luther King and a lot of people, they love to quote, evangelicals love to quote, you know, I have a dream and all that stuff is great, right? But they don't want to quote the Martin Luther King that said, you know, when he talked about integration and he said, I feel like I'm, I'm leading my people into a burning building. When he started to realize, wait a minute, black people need to, go ahead, go ahead. No, <laughs> I just, you, you got to stop right there. Yeah. 
the, the, because the reason why I want you to stop right there, because when we look at segregation, right, right, and we look at when we look at what's happening right now with the pandemic, mm-hmm. right, people have become so dependent on other people, right, right. When integration happened, when it's I think when people and it's important, it's important point for us to talk about this because I think when people shoot this down, I don't think they really understand the whys to why when integration happened, black people, black business suffered, right? right? Right. Because during that time, you know, black people and white people could not work together. Right. 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 Everything was segregated. Mm-hmm. Right. You couldn't you couldn't get those type jobs. Right. Because they kept everybody separate. So black people were forced mm-hmm. to have to buy from each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And in it, when integration happened and, and I know this is an argument and, and only because I'm a history buff, you history buff, you know, and, and these are some things, man, people don't like to talk about. Right. But because of integration, you know. Monopolies happen, capital, capitalistic mindset happen. Mm-hmm. It's just like somebody who has a business and say, okay, well, I'm making two grand. You making, you you know, I'm making, I'm making 10 grand, but you making three grand. But your life is a whole lot better with that three grand versus my 10 grand. And I want to take that, I want to take that three grand and I want to give you $500 because right. I want to make you dependent on me right. so that I can manipulate and control, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Because I understand now, as a as a black guy that has a business, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do business with a person just because they're black. Because right. if if I need to buy a set of ties for my car, mm-hmm. and you selling ties and your ties don't look good and you ain't got a good price, I don't care if you black. I yeah. ain't going to do business with you. It's got to be good business, yeah. So talk about that. Because when I hear a lot of people, man, talk about, man, you got to buy black, buy black. But, you know, if because I remember, I remember, man, I was trying to support this brother, man. He was selling Dickies at the time. My son, 19 now, but at the time he was in a new uniform. And, you know, we had the Dickie outlet down off of 95 mm-hmm. that we could ride down to. The shorts there, man, were 21 bucks. Right. Right. You selling shorts for, this shorts were almost 40 I think it was $38. Right. Right. For a pair of shorts. Now, the argument that I hear all the time is you just should give it to him because he's black. No, mm-hmm. that's stupid to me because I'm a businessman. That, right, that right. don't compute. Right, right. right? Unless I know him. Or, yeah. Right. Unless I know him, he my right. neighbor, I'm mentoring him or something like that. You know, that's some other type of, but on a business standpoint, I'm just not going to give you 40 bucks when I can get a half price. Right. So talk about that dichotomy and, 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 why, and why the argument shouldn't be against a person that just want the best deal versus them having a skin. Now, why is that important? Right. right. Yeah. Um, you made some good points. Um, number one, I think the mindset <clears throat> as, as you know, we, we always hear these terms woke and, you know, conscious and things like that. And those terms a lot of times are thrown around. People don't really know what goes into that. Like I tell people that I'm, I'm, I'm awake, I'm being awakened, I'm constantly learning. Right. So I'm never at the place of where I feel like I've arrived, where I'm just so conscious, you know what I'm saying? I'm being more and more consciously awakened to certain things. Right. So it's a, it's a process. So when somebody, a black person is becoming 
conscious or woke or, or these terms when they're starting to understand, if they don't already understand how economics, uh, group economics and, and economics in just society, the economic gap between whites and blacks and all other cultures and things like that. When they start to understand that, I think number one, the mindset should be number one to strategically say, look, I have a, my passion is to support black folks. That's number one, right? Doesn't mean that every time I go out, out the store or, or online, I'm just only going to support black people, right? Because number one, it's a process. You don't just wake up. We don't have, we don't even have outlets like that to where I think it was uh, Killer Mike, if you watch his documentary mm -hmm. on Netflix, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. just in the city of Atlanta, he was like, okay, I'm only going to support. He was showing a purpose, a point. I'm only going to support by things that are black owned. And it was so hard for him just in that city as big as black, you know, metropolis, mm -hmm. all that stuff. It mm -hmm. was hard for him to even survive, you know, just getting, you know, he had to walk because he couldn't get the white rented car, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So as, as, as much black businesses and things are opening up there, we still have a lot of progress. We still have a, a far, a long way to go. And so I think the goal for every black person should be number one to say, yes, I want to support black businesses. But number two, like you said, the key word is business. So we want to have good business and we want to have, we want to be responsible and respectful. Like uh, me and my family, we went to a store on, I think it was 103rd. It was a shoe store, black owned. And we ended up walking out because when we walked in, when we walked in, you know, the, the two people that worked there, they just kind of looked at us and we were there like, yo, we're here to support your store. You can't say hello. You can't ask us if we need anything. It's just like you on your phone, like, bro, like I'm not here begging. And even if I was, I'm still a human being. Right. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually here with my hard earned money and I'm willing to buy these shoes that we've been looking for. And so they didn't speak. And so we like, OK, look, hey, y'all don't y'all don't. That's not how y'all do things. OK, cool. We're not going to patronize your business. Like we're not going to use the whole black power. Now it's like, no, if it's black power, then, 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 then show me love. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, you know, I was 16 working at Publix. It was my first official job and they taught us customer service, things like that. And I'm like, bro, I'm I was 16. You got 30 and 40 year olds or you go into a drive through or, or, or a line at Walmart or whatever and don't know how to say hello. You know, don't know how to speak to you. And it's just common. It's not even a business thing. It's just common decency. You know what I'm saying? You interact with a person. Don't just put you know, change in my hand. Say hello. Say something, right? And so yeah. you have a lot of things like that. So if you're not professional, if your mm -hmm. if your stuff is not good, you know, don't just be like, well, you know, you got pancake business and nobody's supporting your business, but your pancakes taste like dirt. Yeah, you know Dr. D-Ray yeah. wanted to say something. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just jumping in real quick because this has been real good. Um, I'm just reminded of a quote from MLK. MLK said that if you're going to be a garbage man, you know, be the best garbage man. And and that was part of the message of the civil rights movement that kind of got lost. You know, e, you know, economics and business ethics, things of that nature, you know, and and you know, I have a history degree. So I'm 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 there with you guys being a history buff. And I hate to sound pessimistic, but I I am not a believer in 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 that popularized version of unity mm. anymore. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like slavery killed it. I kind of feel like right. integration killed it. But what I am a believer of is is being on the side of right. Right. And what that means is that it doesn't matter about your about your skin color. It just matters do you have ethics? Because right. like somebody just just uh alluded to in the comments, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Right. I like what Chris just said. Chris said part of the problem is we have to train our young people to be producers versus consumers. The more entrepreneurs we have, the more chances we have to support black businesses. 
And uh, I, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think, you know, uh, I want to I, I want to cut and I want to go to because D-Ray, man, we got a couple couple of news things, man, that we're going to share. And uh, uh, you, you ready, D-Ray? You on that thing, man? Wow, that is really official. Okay, so first news. Make you, make you want to have a suit on. I know, right? Make me want to get my Ted Koppel on. Um, so Twitch, the, the, the streaming platform, who happens to still be unlicensed by the major labels, they're launching a rights-cleared music via deal with industry, industry, um, industry, independent distributors and labels. So basically what that means is that if you have an indie label, or uh, uh, independent distributor, they're trying to get uh, music cleared so that those independent labels can't have their music streamed on the platform. I feel like this is this is a good move if you're an independent artist, um, but it also has some pitfalls in it. And as far as you know, especially now that you know the new rules have kicked in and and Facebook has pretty much kicked DJs off of the platform from live streaming. I still feel like this might this might have a few few pitfalls in it. So I wanted to, to put that out there. What do you guys think? Uh especially you, Vaughn, being an independent artist, um, what do you think about entering into some kind of a deal where your music is on this particular platform? Um, I think it can be good. Um, I think independent, uh, especially today in 2020. I think the goal should be more independence. Um, going back to what the gentleman said about entrepreneurs versus consumers, I think ownership, uh, independence, I think that's a good thing. I think that we have enough, there's enough people in the world where everybody can kind of have their own thing. Like there's a ton of rappers, ton of producers, ton of everything, right? But at the end of the day, only few stand out, few or far in between, you know, where there's greatness and there's people that, you know, really just have a difference. You know, there's a reason why we love the Pox and the the Nas and the Nipsey's and, you know, Kendrick's and J. Cole, you know what I'm saying? Uh, different people like that. There's a reason why there was just something unique and different about them. So if we could, if we could take that independence, because remember in the 90s, not only did you have, what was it, Analog Rico? Mm -hmm. where they were mm -hmm. recording on you know where it was like you had to be in this like if you did a record with Pac, you literally did a record with, you know what I'm yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Pac. like <laughs> it wasn't like they flew in your verse this was a verse from another song like no you were in the studio you know uh you know he came up to the floor or whatever and so with that you know the labels did everything you know it was a time where they 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 doing the promotion you may have wrote your record but man they spinning that on the radio they doing the, the artist had little to to no control not only from a business standpoint but just the the technology right uh they didn't have the twitters and the youtubes and the free avenues the facebooks that we can put out something and something could just go viral like it had to take a label that got behind you and said we're gonna go we choose to make you viral right now the labels don't necessarily choose to make you viral. It's like the people decide um, almost wow. like how the government is supposed to be where it's supposed to be. We, the people, and you have public service, but that's, you know, that's here nor there, but that's how the music industry is kind of now where it's like, it's more in the hands of the people, the consumer to be able to say, Hey, this is the type of sound or, or this is what we want from, from the artists. The reason why I'm glad you, I'm glad you, the last statement that you made is so huge. And I, I, I kind of want to, uh, talk about 
just how not necessarily the Tory Lane situation or whether he guilty or not guilty, but the fact that they tried to cancel him, he dropped the video, man. He got a level. He got he actually, man. I was sitting there watching, man. He had six million views. Mm -hmm. Like from six million, he started climbing like five hundred thousand, like every minute, <laughs> right? right? right. It, up to eleven million in only a day on two for eleven million. So I think with cancel culture, mm -hmm. cancel culture can't exist unless the people say it exists. Right, right. And and I think the power should be back in the people. And I think as an as an independent artist, it forces you to get down and to get to know your audience. Right. You know, allow your audience, man, to come into your life, so to speak, to touch you, so to speak. Right. Because you know, tourist fans prove. You ain't gonna cancel him, <laughs> yeah. you know. Right. And 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 Meg right. dropped the dropped the song. Mm. You know, yeah, it got two million, but it didn't blow up. It didn't go fast like Taurus. Right. So right. I say that to say, right. You know, the power is shifting, and so, you know. But go ahead, Dan. I know you had a. I know you had another one. That was it. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. I got another one, but it also it, this one also speaks to artist independence. Um, there's a dig digital distribution firm called Amuse. Mm -hmm. that took a survey and they found that while independent artists increased their output during the COVID lockdown, mm -hmm. direct-to-fan opportunities they feel like are still being underutilized. And so what does that mean? That means that, yeah, a lot of independent artists, because they, you know, they had no other alternative, you know, we're producing a lot more music and a lot more content at home. But they're still going through CD Baby. They're still going through mm -hmm. Distro Kid. They're still going through Ditto and, and TuneCore. Mm -hmm. But they're not really doing any direct to fan, you know, merch or or, or right. merchandise or whatever. Right. And so I put this question out there: Why do you think there is such a a hesitation in independent artists going completely independent? You know, bypassing all digital platforms and just saying, hey. If you if you rock with me, you want this music, you want this T-shirt, this is the only place you can get it. Right, right. You, you um, want to go first? Because I want to go second. Go ahead and go first. Okay, go yeah. I mean, um, so I would just say, um, yeah, man, that's a good uh, another good question. Um, I think that, again, going back to like we were saying earlier, conditioning, because we've been so taught to rely on the system. So work. So as long as there is those opportunities out there, we're going to feel like, you know, Hey, we need to, we need to use those. And especially, you know, I think once, even if somebody starts off like that and then they start to get a bigger platform, cause a lot of these guys, I'm like, yo, like if you signed a one album, two album deal, like the popularity that you got, you good. Like you, you've, you've built a fan base to where like your fan base ain't going to turn on you because you're like, yo man, my new album's out and it ain't with Warner brothers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they support you. But I think what happens is, you know, you get you get used to you get comfortable. It's almost like, you know, even like if somebody's staying in your house where it's like, you know, hey, you like, yo, you got three months, you know, <laughs> to, to, to get yourself together. And then they, they get comfortable. And now it's like, you know, you're so used to that. You don't want to take that risk to be like, hey, man, now it's not as important to you because you're you're comfortable. You're eating. You may not even make, be making millions of dollars. But now it's like, do I really want to just have it to where it's just my website yeah. and you buy my music through there instead of having all these other outlets? I think there's pressure in that area because there are some people that's like, look, I'm a Spotify. I've, I've had people myself that's like, look, man, I love your music, man, but I'm, but I'm, I'm Spotify, man. If you get it on Spotify, I'll bump it. And it's like, bro, if you 
excuse me, if you like my music, you like my music, you know what I'm saying? But I think there's pressure from fans too, because, you know, you have the Apple, you have title and, you know, you have people that have their own turf and they're like, look, man, I'll bump it, but I'm only going to bump it on this platform. or I'm only going to bump it on that platform. So I think you have that as well. Go ahead, Rico, but I, I got some, a, a comment to that. Well, go ahead and make your comment to that, man. Yeah, cause I, 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 yeah, because the only thing I'm going to say about that is going back to history, going back to us being history buffs. Right. 1865, the end of slavery, mm -hmm. you had a whole generation of slaves that became sl sharecroppers. Right. Why? Because they went back to the plantation. New slavery. Yeah. They, they, they wanted to be free, but they didn't really want to be free. Right. Hey, now hold on, man. No, you ain't supposed to be in my head. Why? Look, look. They, you want to be free, but you really don't want to be free. Yeah, I saw what I saw. What no, I wasn't uh, trying to be the bad guy in this one. So I, no, no. I, I, hey, it's the truth. I it's saw what. Going to the high road. I was <laughs> the bad guy. No, no, because I know it's convenient, and I know what people are saying. But at the end of the day, if you are really, really about your bag, think. Go back to like you said, the nineties. Go back to the mid nineties, the late nineties. Remember when Prince set up the MPG music store? Mm -hmm. You couldn't get his stuff anywhere <laughs> but from there, the stuff that he he owned the, the masters to. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and he proved even, and this was pre-iTunes, pre mm -hmm. that digital music could work. Right. You know, so that's just my little comment. I, 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 I want to yeah. I I add something else to, I'll add a little caveat to that. It takes work being an independent artist. And I believe that a lot of independent artists just are not up for the work, right? right? You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, when you work, you want to go work a nine to five, most people choose a nine to five because it's easy to get up mm -hmm. and go, go into a job mm -hmm. and do what this person tell you to do and get a check, right? right? Versus you have to, condition yourself. I love that word condition. Mm -hmm. You have to condition yourself, prepare yourself, sharpen your skill set to go out and get money, right? And although you may only get a little bit to start with, but it may have to, it may come over time. Right. So I think a large part of that is being lazy, being fearful and lazy. Mm -hmm. A lot of artists, a lot of independent artists don't really want to work. They want to give it to them. And if somebody give you something, you don't have a right. If they're putting that money on you, mm -hmm. you have very little negotiation power. Like now, I'm just that's just my two cents mm -hmm. on that. You know, um, yeah. now we, we our, time, our, our time is running out, but we want to we got we always have a tradition. Tradition, excuse me, a tradition. No, we have a tradition uh, on ten. We have a game called ten, and we never tell nobody what it is until we get ready. They, they kind of start wrapping up. Um, and, and, and I try to make, I put this team together based on the person that's, that's on the show. Hold on. Chris just said something. He said, sometimes when you're independent, you need those outlets because you can't do everything yourself and still put out the highest quality product. Okay. You need those outlets. I, I, I'm going to say you don't need those outlets. I'm going to say that it, it just, it's conditioned. Like both of those guys just use a great, I'm just picking back and off, off, off Vaughn and, and Danny because they both use the word condition. Mm -hmm. And if you condition yourself that you need something, then you're going to need it. Right. You know, if you, because we have the power of the internet. The internet, you know, with us, man, we, we in Africa, we in Japan, we in Germany, um, we in Russia, 
on Roku and on Firestick TV. You know, we're everywhere, man. So, so it's about you doing the work. Right. You know, you may have to get a plane ticket and go to the UK. You know, get a passport. I know a lot of people get a passport, man, and they go vacationing. But how about getting a passport and just going and networking? Mm-hmm. Getting your hotel room for a week. And just networking with some people in the UK if you want to get your music in the UK. Which just happens to be one of my strongest following in the UK. Look like a Hobson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so basically you're only a plane ticket away. You can get over there and, and, and just have a hotel room, man, for a week or and stay there and get out of network and meet people. You know, take your take take a demo of your music or take a couple albums with you, man, and break bread. You still can do that and, and develop your own network. But guess what? That's work. And I don't think a lot of people, man, want to do that work. Right. You know, so but going back to 10. All right. So I'm going to ask you something. It's going to be either or. Right. Uh, you have to choose one. You're not allowed to think about it. If you think about it, I'm going to eject you off the show. No, I'm just going to do that. Man. It's not about, but, you know, but you just give on the top of your head, man. There's no right or no wrong answer. All right. It's just basically we just want to get an opportunity to see how you think. Right. Right. Michael Max or Martin Luther King. X. Biden or Trump? Uh, dang. <laughs> dang, uh, dang, that's all I want to say neither. But if you're gonna make me go make the truth, I might say Trump, bro. I might say Trump, bro. Big Sean or Young Dolph? Uh, right now, I don't know too much about Dolph, so I'm gonna say Big Sean. Though I like both of them, though. KB or Derek Miner? Derek Miner. Okay. Would you rather have $200 million with eight years to live or $1 million with 10 years to live? Say that one more time. Would you rather have $200 million with right. eight years to live or $1 million with 10 years to live? Uh, give me two for eight, 200 for eight. Horse truck or Toyota Cameron? Truck. J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar? Kendrick. Dave East or Gain? <sighs> Game. Nipsey Hustle or Tupac? Nipsey. You said Nipsey or Tupac? Nipsey Hustle or Tupac. Uh oof. I want anybody else I would have said Nipsey, man. So I, with that, I gotta go with Pac, man. Would you rather make 50k a year as an entrepreneur or 100 k as an employee? 50k. That's it. That's team. That's what it is. Crooked ten, ten. Listen, man. <laughs> hey, if y'all if y'all hadn't heard that album, man, I'm not just saying it because because we made it. Man, the album dope, and it actually yeah. speak. I think when I went back, me, I can't really listen to my music, right? Right. I, right. I had to, I had to, I had to be far removed from something I made to go back because when I'm mixing and mastering, I listen to it a thousand times. It's so annoying, and, yeah. And, and I'm listening. To something different. I'm not really listening to the words. Right, right. But now that the album is done and I go back, man, and I put it in the whip and I'm riding when I'm looking at the news and I'm looking at all these things, man, that's happening. Right. And I'm like, man, Vaughn was four years ahead. We was four years, we were four years ahead of everybody else. If you had, man, go check out that album, man. Can I can I say something real quick on the album? Go man? ahead. Go ahead. What's, what's funny, man, is there's such a great balance of the album, kind of like how we started the show with dealing with both sides of the coin right you have the 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 racism white supremacy things like that and you have the things that we do to ourselves, right but if you really listen to that album i talk so much more about black responsibility but because racism is so it's such it's so heavy and it's such a denial 
people will still a lot of times will lead that album like man all he do is talk about but if you really listen to it i really and even if you look at like my career like uh, doing music and stuff like that in the past i've always held blacks more accountable than anybody because we're this is our home you know what i'm saying like how you holding another family more accountable than you hold your own household you know what i'm saying your own wife and kids or, or parents or whoever right so i've always spoke to the black community but I can make one or two songs that is directing at police or racism and people will act like that's the whole album. You know what I'm saying? Or like, man, that's all you do, man. He just bad. But if you really listen to the Crooked 10 album, most of those songs on there is dealing with us. It's talking about the gang violence. It's talking about our, our, our upbringing. It's talking about economics. It's talking choices. about entrepreneurship. You know, yeah, choices, right? So, you know, but when you, when you, when you mention racism and you, like you said, going back to the truth, it's so powerful and it's so real that it makes people it makes people think that man that's all you talk about. I I, I I say that man because when I sit back when I when I went back man and and listened to the album just after just after the pandemic and we had no idea man that they was gonna do the pandemic stuff no. and just it just kind of made sense it made better sense now than it did. In 2017, we made that right. album, right? And I and I think, man, it's 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 a great album. It's it's our, you know, shout out to Show Baraka, Big Phil was blowing yeah. on that joint, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, shout out to them boys. You know, you you know, if you don't want to buy it, you ain't got to buy it. You know, you can go and just stream it man, and listen to it, and 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 let's 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 discuss it, man. What you think? Because I think that's one way, man, that we can create change, man's dialogue. You right. know, instead of being mad with your brother, your sister, like have a conversation. Like you have to. You have to try and see somebody else's viewpoint. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And being mad with them or trying to shun them, because I like the underdogs, man. What I love and what I love about Vaughn, I'm gonna always gravitate to the underdog. Mm -hmm. Whenever I have people, man, that's gonna always try to choose and they wanna try to support the, the most popular person, or they always gonna try to choose. I like the underdogs because I'm an underdog. People are counting me out. And if I if I had a base live by what people said about me yeah. when I was coming up, man. I wouldn't have no money. I wouldn't have nothing. I just lay in the bed. Like, so I'm for the underdog. I'm like, right, Danny, right. like D-Ray, why I rock with D-Ray? D-Ray is an underdog. You understand? But, you know, you can be an underdog and have skills. So on this show, on this new season, I refuse to have anybody on here that's not dope. Right. I'm not going to pat you on the back. Me and D-Ray, we're going to be doing some coaching. We got some packages, man, we're gonna be doing for the independent artists, man. Uh, you know, of course, I'm a producer, D-Ray is a producer. You know, uh, we're gonna try to help a lot of you artists, man, that are serious, but we wanna try to turn the tide. We wanna try to help push you forward, man, with your career and what you're doing. So I wanna have people on here to have some stuff, substance. Believe it or not, I know some people will go back and watch this video. You know, like, I know Javon McKenzie, no, you don't, right? Because yeah. I, I know for a fact, he just came over my house with a white brother. Mm. Right, right. A, a few days back, right. He got white supporters, right. Right. So it don't. He don't hate white people. So that's a lie. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I I I said all that to say. Hey, I got white grandparents. Believe it or not, man. I I I, got, I have white adopted grandparents, bro. On, what, on, the the, the thing that I my family. The thing that I love about you, man, is you willing to have a conversation. Right. And if you try to have a conversation with, with a guy that has an, this intelligence, like I'm, I'm super smart, like everybody up is super smart, right? right? 
And I, if you try to have a conversation with either one of us and you don't know what you're talking about, it's not going to fare well. Right. Right. Because we'll start, we'll start pulling data. And we'll start. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hundred round drum. The hundred round drum, bro. <laughs> Listen, we'll start pulling data. We'll put history. We'll put the tapes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. And, right. And you ain't gonna win that argument. So you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. Listen, talk about black coffee. I know the time is up, but talk about black yeah. coffee and man, what you're doing. Oh, and we all working on a new project. We're gonna have a new project coming that's gonna dwarf Crooked Ten. Yeah. Trust me. We're yeah, going yeah. in, taking the gloves off. But go ahead, bro. Talk yeah, about black definitely. coffee. Um, black coffee on the moon, uh, really what it is, man. It's just um it's just a, a little podcast, a little vlog thing I do on on YouTube, a little show I do. And it really just represents black coffee, just rawness, just me being black, uh, just from a, a black uh, worldview, you know, perspective of me personally, Vaughn's view. Um, that's why I, I named it Black Coffee on the Moon, Vaughn's view. And I just kind of like what you brothers are doing, man, just trying to give people platforms and, and just really just speaking my mind on a lot of issues. And, you know, with social media, a lot of times tone can get lost in. Or, or your message can get lost and people perceiving a tone on social media, Twitter, whatever. And so what I wanted to do was, you know, a lot of these topics, let me like throw some comedy in there, but also let me give some truth to where people can hear my heart on stuff. So if you disagree, that's fine. But give me 10, 15 minutes to talk about whatever issue it is. Like the, uh, my first episode was talking about the NBA and how they sat out. And I, I disagreed with them on coming back so soon. And I felt like they didn't get much accomplished. Um, I know that they're happy with what they got, but in my view, you know, and I and I, uh, I express why uh, and things like that. Instead of just throwing something on Twitter and then people are like, oh man, you're just hating or you're just doing whatever. Like, nah, check out the show, see my thoughts. I'm well-rounded, man. I, I'm a little bit of everything. And as far as the music, yeah, man, um, Crooked Ten was good, man. But you know, we're, we we've moved on. We're a lot better. And I would say this real quick. Um, one thing you said was, you know, artists, you guys being producers, artists being serious. I would encourage any artists is like, bro, like forget even the money aspect, the marketing aspect. This is how you know if you're serious or not beyond anything else. If somebody Rico, D-Ray asks you, hey, bro, it's, it's what? It's October 2nd, right? What have you done in the last 30 days? Forget what people can see. How much writing have you done? How much you say you want to be a singer? You want to be a rapper? Bro how have you gotten better what who are you studying what are you doing this is all this free stuff how are you taking advantage of the free stuff and if you can't if you can't say it, as soon as they say well you know you ain't serious you know what i'm saying if, if you're not like bro if you're not grinding if you're not working on your craft if you're not like you know like kobe talked about that mama mentality man if you don't want it then you don't like jay-z said oh i get it hustling ain't you you know what I'm saying? Man. So if you want to do it for a hobby, cool. But if you know, if you're serious about this, bro, like I'm serious about, it. I'm coming for cats' heads, bro. And and cats can hear the music. It ain't too many people that can say. Cause one thing about me, I'm a private guy. Right. Most of the people that say they know me don't really know me. Facts. Cause if you ain't never spent the night at my house, <laughs> right, right? This cat has spent the night at my house. We've been, been around my family, right. out of town. Listen, this cat will write. We working on while I'm mixing songs down, he going to the next joint, getting ready to jump back up and record again. Mm -hmm. And 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 I love I love the fact, man, he got a he got a strong work ethic. And we got mm -hmm. this new project, man, that's coming. We don't know what his title yet. But right. if you go check out Crooked Ten, I must Crooked Ten, dope. Right. Yeah. But yeah. but we had to pull the plug on it because we was gonna work on it forever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But what we're doing now, gonna gonna dwarf that, man. Um I Definitely gonna support you, Vaughn. 
Like, because I, I know your heart, man, regardless. I like underdogs, man. You right. know, and, and, and the cat that everybody else, man, fire on and don't like, man, I love them cats. Right. You know, especially when I got 10, when I know where you're coming from, right. you know, and, and where your mindset is. Because now, everything that you was talking about in 2017, mm-hmm. and, and you get on Facebook, man, and you're talking about it, like, we seeing this stuff happen right now, right? right? It's right. happening right now. You know, yep. it's right now. Yep. So, we glad yep. you came on, bro, you know. Thank you for uh, having we, me, brothers. You gonna you gonna we gonna have you back again and 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 uh, great conversation, man. Well-rounded conversation. D. Ray, any Dude. last words? You know, we were talking about the Matrix earlier, and just listening to Vaughn talk, I was reminded, and some of the things Vaughn said, I was reminded of one of my favorite lines out of the Matrix uh, that came from uh, Cornell West, uh, portraying one of the council members when he said, "Comprehension is not requisite for cooperation." You know, sometimes, man, you spend too much time trying to understand and everything ain't for your understanding. You know, sometimes you just got to get on board. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is if, if 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 these guys are ethical, if this is where God is telling you to be, don't sit there trying to understand it. Just go. You know what I mean? So hats man, off to you, brother. Man, repeat, hey, too, man. repeat, repeat, repeat that quote again. Repeat that again. That's not good. Yeah. What, what's that again? Now I got to go watch the movie again. Yeah, that, that was in uh, Matrix. Uh, I think it's uh, Revolutions. Yeah, when the army was coming in, comprehension yeah. is not requisite for cooperation. Listen, yeah. we gonna end the show <laughs> on that comprehension is not, not requisite. Not requisite for, for cooperation. For cooperation, basically meaning. Your Man, understanding don't matter. You ain't got to understand. <laughs> right, Just get right, on board. Right. God hey. bless. Hey.